Hello and welcome to The Mock Review with Ben and Drew. I'm Ben Garmo. And I'm Drew Evans. Well, after many, many rounds of mock trial, the 2021-2022 season has come to a close. And with that closing, we named our new national champion. That national champion is Harvard mock trial. And so, of course, we knew that we needed to get the co-captains of Harvard mock trial on the show to talk about their accomplishment. We've got them here with us. Those two captains are Travis Harper and Stella Asmrom, and we are thrilled to have them both on the show. So Travis, Stella, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. We're so excited to talk to you guys. Yeah, we're really excited. Thank you so much. Well, guys, thank you so much for being here. I'm thrilled to get to talk with you guys and definitely excited. But I think we're going to start this the way we start literally every interview we have done for over 60 episodes now. And that is with, of course, your origin stories. So, Stella, I'm going to start with you. Could you just tell all the people, how did you get started in mock trial? Yeah, so I've actually been doing mock trial for a very, very long time. Um, I got my start back in eighth grade, actually, (laughs) (laughs) Um, because apparently in New Mexico, you can start competing in eighth grade. So I um, competed in eighth grade through my senior year, had some really fantastic experiences in New Mexico. And when I came to Harvard, I actually wasn't planning on competing. (laughs) Um, I thought five years was enough. Um, And then I actually, actually walked past the Harvard mock trial club fair booth, kind of got ambushed trying to go somewhere else. Um, decided to try out, and then I've been with the program all three years I've been in college. Uh, So I've had a really lovely experience here. All right, Travis, I'll pass it over to you. Tell us how did you get started. And I actually know a little bit about this, but I'll ask anyway. Um, Yeah, I... I always say that I I started as a theater kid. Um, it's uh, it might be a little embarrassing, but I always started as a theater kid. And literally, basically, my freshman year, I was in a rehearsal for our freshman year musical, actually. And the mock trial teacher comes to our rehearsal and is like, "Hey, do any of you guys want to try out for mock trial?" And I was like, "Sure, I guess." Um, and I did it, and I witnessed for two years. Thought that was really fun. Um, did a lot of um, really good things with the team. And then I started attorneying um, my junior and senior year. And needless to say, um, I got quite hooked, <laughs> so to speak. And um, I just started doing a lot of a lot of mock trial. Um, and then I came to Harvard. And I, similarly to Stella, was a little bit burnt out. I wasn't sure if I wanted to do it. I did so much mock trial in high school, but um, I kind of was like, oh, might as well. Like, I can drop if I need to. Um, and then I tried out and, like, had one of the best semesters ever um, and, like, made some of my best friends. So it's been a really good ride so far. So just to be clear to everyone, the reason why I said I know a little thing about Travis's origin story is that Travis didn't mention this, but he went to my rival high school growing up. And I can't believe you left that out of the story, Travis, but they (laughs) proceeded to dominate us throughout his tenure, throughout uh, Sarah Stebbins and Liam Simpkins Walker and all those amazing mock trialers that just ruined my high school experience. (laughs) So thank you, Travis. But it is so funny to get to hear from you and get to talk to you as someone that I don't think I ever specifically went against, but I watched and helped coach people that you did proceed to beat mercilessly. So 
Good to hear from you. Yes. Um, I actually, I think literally one of my first mock trial rounds ever was against um, Galloway, um, your high school. Like, I, I, we've been going at each other for a few years. <laughs> it's been good, though. You guys are amazing. Well, that, I mean, we, we kind of already know that this community is insular and that people know each other in many different ways. And it's actually, I, I had no idea about any of that, of course, because you all grew up in a different mock trial world than I did. Um, in addition to the fact that, you know, I'm a couple years older than you all. And so <laughs> that, that's actually a really interesting history to hear. And the other thing that, that's funny to me, right? Going back, Stella, to what you just said is I feel like you are far from the first person who's come on this podcast who's like, yeah, I wasn't sure if I was going to do mock trial. And I like walked through the club fair and then I was accosted and like now it's my <laughs> entire life. Um, and so, so true. I just, I really appreciate that, that aspect of the story. But just to borrow a turn of phrase that we're all familiar with, I want to take a step back for a second because <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, Harvard Mock Trial is without a doubt one of the most storied programs in the history of AMTA. And as I was doing some research for the show, I kind of divided y'all up into three eras. You had the mid-2000s when you had three teams in five years who were national runners-up, 2006, 2007, 2010. Um, then you had that incredible 2015 team and the teams surrounding them that won the national championship. And then of course you all, the last several years have had so much success, uh, placing last year and then, uh, winning the national championship this year. So what is it like to compete for a program when you walk in the door, right? On day one, uh, I assume at least to some degree you are aware, you become aware of the history of a program like Harvard. What is it like to compete? for a program like that? Well, I think I'll start and then I'll let Travis finish. Um, I think one of the really big strengths about Harvard Mock Trial is the fact that we're entirely student-run and the fact that we've been entirely student-run for a really long time. Um, so I know, at least on my experiences on the team, that also translates to really good institutional memory to where, like, Travis and I have had a lot of conversations with people from the 2015 team, and we've managed to keep in touch with alums from the program. Um, so there's a really strong sense of institutional legacy that will hopefully continue going forward. No, I think that's that's entirely true. And I think that I, our alums know that we are still student run. And because of that, they feel so inclined to always like just help us out, come to a scrimmage, um, come to a scrimmage, like talk, even just talking to us to like tell us how they prepped for nationals like. Last year, for example, me and Stella, it was the first time we had ever done a Nationals ever because we didn't have one our freshman year because of COVID. And so we got on a Zoom call with, like, captains from the past, like, three years. And we're like, hey, like, can you tell us, like, how you prepared, um, how we should go about this? Um, and so I think that, like, uh, the what it feels like, I guess, coming onto this team is really just, like, feeling like there's a really good support network, um, support system um, when you join the team and, like, a group of uh, alums that, like, are – always willing to help. And I know that I'm definitely going to be the same <laughs> when I graduate <laughs> um, because that's just been so integral to like my experience on the program. Let me just follow up on that really quick. You, you kind of referenced this, both of you did a little bit, but passing down that institutional memory, we've talked to other people in student run programs about that. So not trying to get any behind the scenes secrets or anything like that, but there is so much rich institutional memory at a program like Harvard. So what do you all do to sort of ensure that that memory and those lessons that you've learned get passed down, given the fact that, like you said, you have alumni who help, but you all are, you know, by your nature, a student run program? Yeah, I I think that um, 
especially recently, we've tried really hard to make sure that we're kind of writing down a lot of the things that we're kind of passing down. So basically, I think how it used to work for a long time was like the captains from one year would sit down with the captains from the next year and tell them everything they need to do, tell them exactly how they should teach mock trial in the fall, how they should like um, divvy up the teams, kind of just a big transition meeting. But I think recently in the past few years, we tried to like not only have those conversations, but also literally like write them down in like guidebooks and like um, curriculums that we can use for future years. So basically the training curriculum that we had done for multiple years, uh, we had been doing it for literally like as long as anyone can remember, but we finally like actually wrote it down and kind of actually put it into words so that we can really pass it down. So I think that like before um, kind of the past few years, it was really just really intentional like sharing of knowledge um, at the end of each year between the um, outgoing captains and the incoming captains. And then recently we've really tried to like codify a lot of that and like write it down. I hope that all of the student run programs are out here listening because I think this is a great, great lesson learned in using your alums, using the institutional knowledge that has been built up. It is so like important. And I just, I think it's great to hear you guys talk about all of this and it makes a lot of sense. I mean, when you have as impressive a history as you guys do, you should take advantage of that. There is no reason not to. And when you don't have a Ben Garmo uh, to, to help, you know, kind of guide your team along, you got to do what you got to do um, to make that happen. So that's awesome. One thing I want to talk about really quickly though, and this is, this is me inserting my personal narrative into the Harvard history, but I, I'm curious as to whether or not it is included in the teachings of your alumni, the intense rivalry you guys had with your very similarly pronounced colleagues at Haverford. And the reason <laughs> why I ask about this is that you guys probably don't even realize how deep it goes. But in 2016, um, when you guys were the defending national champions, uh, in round four at Orcs, and I know this wasn't a team that either of you were on, but you probably didn't realize that you ended a Cinderella run that was happening for a, a little engine that could <laughs> that had just made their first ever Orcs run and then had to face the defending national champions in round four and got destroyed and wasn't very happy about that. But you'll be happy to know that the story ends with a positive note when we uh, beat that horrible monster demon in uh, their first <laughs> Nationals appearance in the same round four at Nationals uh, in 2018. So I don't know if that's a part, but I definitely think it should be included in the future. Um, so that's just my brief time. No, we'll add it into the guidebook. <laughs> fight on sight. I mean, I mean, we, hey, we also we watch that round. We have tape from that round, so we you're do. definitely in the legacy. Wait, which one? The 2018, the nationals round, the nationals round. Oh, that's not good because although if you have tape from the 2016 round, we'll take that. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do not have the 2016 one, but I will tell you that you missed Jordan Austin Harming Harmon crossing. Me witnessing for the only time that I will ever witness, and Ooh. it was fun. It was terrible, but it was fun. You, you guys, <laughs> you thought you were coming on the podcast to talk about your national championship? No, You're we're actually about coming this. on the podcast so Drew can <laughs> relive his glory day. No, we'll add Jordan to the call if you want. <laughs> oh, well, I think that we've done enough dwelling on the past. I think it is only natural to talk about the present. And obviously, you guys have taken over the program and you're running it your way. Um, 
and as you said before, it's student run, and I always will have a special place in my heart for student run programs. So I'm kind of curious, you guys obviously know so many other student run programs around the country. Do you guys think there's anything different or unique that you guys do, um, or that you guys have developed that, I don't know, that you think differentiates you in any way? Or are there things that you're like, yeah, we've heard this, this totally works, this is the same thing that we do here? Um, I, I can't really say how it works on other student run teams, but I think at least on ours, there's a very, um, especially when it comes to like case theory and writing and like case decisions, there's a very heavy emphasis on like, not just democracy and like hearing everyone's opinions, but also vigorously defending your opinions. <laughs> um, and, and I think that it's really interesting because like, I've talked to people on other programs and it might be a simpler thing where like, Obviously, like, it's a team discussion, but there might be someone at the end of the day that's like, okay, well, we're going to call this witness. I don't think it's far to, to call this witness or someone whose voice has, like, singularly a lot of power. And I think that one thing that's interesting about how we, like, do at least our competition prep is that, like, we will spend at least, like, three practices, like, arguing for hours about theory um, to really, like, hash out um, who, which theory is the best. And I think that that really gives us a lot in terms of really knowing our cases inside and out because we've had to defend them so vigorously um, and really like show the, to the rest of the team why it's the one we should be running. And so um, I think we have a really good sense of what we're arguing, what we're saying, which I think is something that like, I don't know if it's particular to us, but I think it is something that we do. And then building off of that, I think one of the main strengths, in my opinion, for student run teams, and obviously I can't, I've only been on one student run team, um, is how much freedom and how much like power you can have at any level of your college mock experience. Travis and I both came on to the team as first years, and there was a part of me that was hoping in like the first practice um, that we were in our first year, it was like, okay, I'll let like the seniors talk or I'll let the captains talk. But there's really the expectation that like starting day one, yeah. you're going to contribute and your voice will be heard. So I think that lends itself to a really great perspective where you have people who may not be as entrenched in like the mock trial world being able to like offer opinions on case theory or witness portrayals or things like that. So it really just helps create a multifaceted, like a little bit more fleshed out uh, case theory and, and practice environment. Yeah. So building off of that, uh, you know, Drew kind of referenced how you all do things behind the scenes and, and just your experience with the program. And you all, of course, have been with Harvard Mock Trial for a couple of years now. And I feel like our teams have definitely crossed paths a couple of times. We crossed paths in Lancaster in 2020, right before the world shut down. And, you know, you all, you got your nationals bid in 2020 in Lancaster, and then that nationals didn't happen. The following year on Zoom, you take sixth in your division. Travis, you win your first All-American. And it feels to me, not that you guys were ever down by any stretch of the imagination, but that you've been building towards this moment. So before we get to this year's Orcs and Nationals, take me through what the last couple years have been like in terms of you all joining Harvard Mock Trial and then um, sort of progressing from being a national power to being a team that's finishing in the top five to now being uh, a team that's winning a national championship. Yeah, I think I think it's been probably one of the most gratifying things I've been able to experience, like, ever, honestly. Because um, I remember my senior year of high school, that was 2019. Uh, I remember I, I was that high schooler that even though I said I might not want to do mock trial, I was still looking to see how my future team was doing at the time. 
And I remember seeing that um, in 2019, our, uh, our the A team that year didn't actually get a bid to nationals and being really like upset about that at the time. And then coming to the program the next year, I really realized that there was such like an intensity and like such a hunger to like get back to like that level again from like the captains at the time and everyone that was on the program at the time. And I think that um, we really came back that year and everyone really instilled in us that like this was the year where we have to really put in the work and like try to come back this year and um, kind of reach the heights of where we once were, <laughs> so to speak. Um, and I think that at least for me and I, and I think Cell would probably say the same. We really carried that mentality over the next like few years. Um, when COVID happened, um, a lot of our upperclassmen took gap years because they didn't want to like take do online school and like one of their last years at school. And so basically the team was me, Stella, who were both sophomores at the time, and eight freshmen. <laughs> eight freshmen, only one who had done mock trial before. <laughs> yes. God. And we basically um, kind of got this, like, like amazing, amazing competitors. Like, obviously, they were first years, but, like, they were so talented and amazing. And we were able to just, like, literally, like, be mentors to them for an entire year and really put in the work and like kind of mentor a new class and a, and a kind of a new generation of like the team. And I think that really shows now, especially like uh, when this year, like we get our first B team that works in like a very long time. Um, so like that kind of, it's been really great being able, I think, to like facilitate a lot of that growth, I think. I don't know. I, I've One thing that I really loved joining the team as a first year was the amount of mentorship and the amount of support that like our first year captains for Travis and I um, with like Remy Hill and Patricia Liu yeah. and all the work that they did to like help us memorize the new 702s because <laughs> apparently there are more prongs than there were in high school <laughs> um, and just like spend hours after hours like working and fine tuning things and so I think we got early exposure to that level of care and dedication yeah and then this is Travis and I's second year captaining yeah um, and we've just tried to bring that to our interactions with members of the team as well. And obviously, like, it's a team effort all the time. Yes. That's sort of exactly what I was hoping to hear when I asked the question, because it that type of story is so gratifying. I think that's such a perfect word for it, right? That you come in, you come in and you have this opportunity to, you know, just sort of work with a program and help a program grow and, and have, like you said, all those freshmen who you all obviously taught so much about mock trial, the same way that, that other people did with you all. And, and as a coach, I know how rewarding of an experience that can be. And it's really amazing that the two of you have done so much to, uh, to influence your program in a relatively short. And as Drew said, you know, tumultuous amount of time. So let's talk just a little bit about this year. Um, you know, we can kind of skip over the invitational season. It would take a long time to go through all the <laughs> invitational stuff. Um, I want to talk for a second about orcs. Um, and and you, the, th the four of us chatted about this briefly before you know we started recording. And so I know this isn't a surprise, but I actually want to talk about the fact that you all you went five and three at orcs, and uh, we have a, a orcs review episode that's quite belatedly coming out soon. And in that episode, we talk about that and talk about how close your round with NYUA was in round four uh, and how candidly, if that round tips just a little bit the other way, you all don't get through. Um, 
Can you talk through that experience and just what that was like as a team and how meaningful of an experience it was, even as close of uh, a bid as it was to get that bid to nationals after the experience you had at Orcs? Yeah, I think it really just does speak to the level of competitiveness of the teams at Orcs. I mean, NYU is an absurdly, absurdly fantastic team. And like like the ballot show, it could have gone either way. Um, so I think walking out of that round, we were very stressed. Uh, in the award ceremony, we were very stressed. But I also think that like from conversations Travis and I had after round, we didn't feel disappointed with the performance that we had put in up until that point. There wasn't really a moment with our team where we felt like, oh, we should have done X, we should have done Y, we should have done Z. So I think we were happy with our performance either way. And obviously, like, we're, we're very happy with the Orcs outcome. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I think that, I think the last thing you said is really true. Like, I think that regardless of, like, how ballots went and, like, it, both at regionals and at Orcs, honestly, like, in every round, I whatever happened, I was like, I mean, at least I can say we really put everything into that round and tried our absolute hardest. Um, and I think that especially coming in from last year where we kind of like have this like super amazing moment where like this team of like mostly underclassmen places so well, I think everyone really went into orcs in this season, um, really wanting to replicate that success. And I think that when we like dropped that first ballot, I think round two against Wellesley, we were like, okay, this is quite concerning. Um, <laughs> and I think it was a particularly concerning and stressful because people wanted to kind of say that last year wasn't a fluke, I think, was the feeling that a lot of people were trying to kind of like show through this year. Um, and I think that people were really feeling that stress um, the second day of Orcs. And I think it honestly pushed us to like kind of go even harder those two rounds because we had two really good rounds um, against Yale and then against NYU, both like nail biting rounds and people really put their all in it. Um, and it, it turned out good. It, there was a time where me and Stella were quite confident it was going to be one of our last <laughs> rounds of the season. Um, but, um, it, it turned out well. And I think that honestly, the serotonin that was going through my body at that, at the moment they announced our name, especially as the last bid, like is incomparable, honestly. <laughs> You know, it's so funny because you, you, Travis, you just mentioned this and Stella, you mentioned it too. I think you all and anyone who's listening understands, right, that I don't ask about this to try to suggest, you know, that you all were like a bad team or anything like that. You all are incredible, but it's not like they have the results to prove it, you know. Ben. Right. No, exactly. <laughs> but I, that's part of the reason why I feel comfortable asking this question. You know, all's, all's well that ends well. But um, part of this activity is losing, you know, like part right. of this activity is dropping a ballot that maybe, you, you, you know, I'm not saying that you all feel this way, but just like maybe you're like, oh, I don't think we should have lost that ballot or you drop a ballot that you really wished you didn't and having to pick yourselves back up and, and go into the next round. So what do you feel like that says about the character of y'all's team that you were able to say, all right, we, we know that we are we have to fight for every point, for every inch, and, and we, we get this bid, you know, just based on this last round and having the character uh, and, and team ability to be able to battle through a circumstance like that. Oh, yeah. I, I think that it, I think that it is so true. And especially when I think of like, kind of just how our team really came together, I think, you know, on that weekend and like, 
I, uh, we, we don't go blind usually um, for the exact reason of like us being able to like kind of hunker down as a team and say um, that, you know, we need to really do what we need to do with this next round. Yeah. Or Travis and I don't go blind. We go like team wide. Oh yes. Yes. Well, the... <laughs> or Travis and I don't go blind. The team goes blind day by day. Yeah. So basically at the end of the day, we like say results and, and kind of in that, those few hours before the next day, we kind of really grind and kind of work on what we think we need to work on for the next day. Well, I think it's always fascinating to hear about, you know, how a team got where they are. And especially when you have such a kind of impressive and interesting story like you guys do, um, as been explained through that orcs. Um, and then to, again, to have the result that you guys had at nationals, it's just such a fairy tale ending. Um, before we get to nationals specifically, I want to ask, um, do you think there's anything that you guys do to prep for nationals that you think, and again, you know, Ben said it before, I don't want you to spill the, the industry secrets, but do you think there's anything that you guys are doing to prep for nationals that helps, that hurts? I mean, if I'm looking at this purely objectively, I think it's not hard to notice that there are certain programs that just tend to do way, way better than others at nationals, even if that's not necessarily true of how they do at regionals and orcs. And obviously I'm alluding to, you know, you guys, Yale, like since it's been a single, like since it's been a new case at nationals, you know, you anyone can look at the numbers. It's pretty obvious that there are a couple programs that dominate it. And I'm just curious, like, do you guys think there's any any reason why? I don't think that there's any one singular reason, but the thing that's jumping to mind immediately is we, as a program, really stress, like, from the beginning, from September or October when we onboard a new freshman class, is just learning the basics and learning the fundamentals and having a good grasp of evidence, having a good grasp of your case theory. So then when you are faced with an experience like the turnaround between orcs and gnats, which is absurdly short, and especially this year, you don't really have to worry about like, okay, what's 401 again? Or like, what are the 800s? You kind of have that foundation to fall back on. I also think as a program, we emphasize, I don't know if emphasize is the right word, but we try to make room for people to improvise and to have fun during round, which I think translates well, like on a short turnaround, like between orcs and gnats, where you may not be like confidently memorized and blocked on everything and knowing how to be flexible. Yeah, I I also think that like one thing that I know that uh, the like a lot of the captain alums that told us when we were preparing for gnats that we really tried to do is like, the importance of just like writing everything as soon as possible. Yeah. Like we like, it, we try to get drafts like within the first like two days of the case, like being released because like, uh, and I think, I don't, I don't know if other programs like have that accelerated timeline, but at least like our previous captains, like they would always tell us about it's like the most important thing you can do to make sure that like things are going along swimmingly because it's easier to edit kind of, a closing that's written then um kind of a close try to kind of craft a closing that isn't written without any like just through word of mouth and trying to get people to just write it like that we seem to put it on paper and begin to workshop it and i think that like at least that's like really how what's important in our nationals kind of prep process is really just churning out content as soon as we can 
Well, there you have it, folks. I mean, that sounds like the secret to their success. Um, seriously, though, I mean, you guys had a, a fantastic showing at Nationals this year. Um, just going quickly through the results. Round one, you don't get an easy one. You face Northwestern. You manage to sweep them. You face Patrick Henry in round two. You know, go two out of three in that round. You know, I want to get to that in a second. Um, you sweep UCLA in round three. I mean, honestly, I think those first three rounds, if you had asked me who are three of the scariest teams in your bracket, those three are on the list. Yeah, we felt the same way. <laughs> yeah, we agree. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of crazy. So you sweep UCLA in round three in a ridiculously close round. And then you face Florida in round four, sweep that round. I mean, 11 and one with that schedule. Like, j- before we get into the specific rounds, how did that feel to just have done that well facing that schedule, that caliber of teams? I'm sure those rounds were all phenomenal, but like, what was the feeling in just in that moment? I think that when you're hitting such high level teams, like, you walk out of the round and you're like, However that goes, like, that was just, like, an amazing fun time. And I think that, honestly, us going into these rounds, we were really just going in, like, thinking, like, okay, this is an amazing team. They're so good, and we're just going to do what we usually do and see, see how it goes. And I think that every time we walk into the tab room, just, like, the feeling of, like, just surprise, joy, and shock that we felt every time. And also just like the kindness that we received from like, I think other programs, especially the programs we hit and just like the amazing sportsmanship and like just the connection we had with those teams. Like it was just like one of the best feelings I've ever had. Honestly, it was such an amazing weekend. And I think that not only were they like good rounds in terms of like mock trial, like they were so high level, so clean, so good, but also just the teams we hit were just so lovely as well. And um, we're just so, so kind and amazing. And they, it was just a really, really fun time. All right. So let me ask you this. I mean, obviously four phenomenal opponents, but I want to talk about the one ballot you lost against Patrick Henry. I mean, I think a lot of people had them at the top of their list of teams they expected to make it through. Obviously a phenomenal, phenomenal team. Take me to that round. How did it feel coming out of it? I mean, Travis uh, Travis and Stella, you both expressed that you know after that last round at Orcs, you kind of thought, okay, maybe it was a split. Did you feel like that round was a split? You know, what was the general sentiment after such a tight round with such a prestigious team? I think on a personal level, I had laryngitis for like the week before that. Um, so I couldn't talk until like an hour and a half before the round at all. So I was just happy I could say anything at council table, kind of croak my way through pre-trial. Um, but I think like you were saying, it was a close round. It could have gone either way. In that round, I think just the level of polish was just so so crazy. I think one thing about Patrick Henry is that they're so entertaining and so charismatic. And I think it was just such a pleasure to watch. Like just, I think those are some of the traits that I feel like we do well as a team as well. And I think seeing us go against them and like kind of really going head to head. And I feel like everything was so evenly matched the entire time walking out of that round. I wasn't even sure if it, it, if, if I could say that 
be split or not. But I was like, that was so evenly matched and so amazing. They were so good that like at a certain point, like whatever happens, like I would be okay with it. Honestly, like they could have swept us and that would have made sense. We could have swept them and that would have made sense. It was just such, such a good round. And going into the tap room and seeing that we dropped the ballot, we by no means were like, oh my God, we should have swept that <laughs> round. Like not at all. Like we, I think we were honestly expecting it going in. And we were just happy that we were able to put up such a good showing against such a team that like we respected so much as a program as well. Yeah, I echo everything Drew said about the the path that you all went through. We scrimmaged Patrick Henry the weekend before nationals, and they just just kicked the ever living hell out of us in both scrimmage rounds. And so, um, and and I made that very clear to them that at the end of the day. And so, uh, that is not surprising to me at all. Um, and I echo everything too about just you know winning a national championship is not easy. There is no easy path. Um, but you all, I think you pretty much found the hardest one. Um, <laughs> and, and that is such an impressive showing. So let's keep moving through here because I really want to talk about this moment. Uh, so you all, you win your division. Um, you know what, actually I'm going to throw a curveball really quick here just cause I want to talk about this for a second. Uh, real quick, just thought question. You all obviously know you've got a strong chance to be in the final round. You're in the hunt. But before you do that, you've got to just absolutely sit in the freezing cold for two hours. So <laughs> how much fun, as someone who was there, how much fun was that? Um, it was probably one of the worst things ever. <laughs> um, not only were we anxious and, like, shaking from anxiety, but we were also shaking from cold. Um, and, like, I'm from New Mexico. Travis is from Georgia. We are not used to yeah. any temperature that would require any type of jacket. Our parents were in the audience, also cold. <laughs> like the ceremony itself was great. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I agree. The ceremony itself was great that the hour and a half leading up to it, you know, I could kind of take it or leave it on that. Um, but okay. So I just, I just wanted to toss that in there really quick. So you all, you know, you find out you swept your last round, you won your division. And so you go down and, uh, you know, someone has got to choose their side. And I could explain this or I could let Diane explain it. So let me go ahead and let Diane explain how this works. As you may or may not know, in the past, we used to have a coin flip by the team with the better record to determine who was going to choose the uh, side for the final championship round. Uh, we've changed that rule and it is now the team with the better record. And if the same record, tiebreakers as usual which in this case means that Harvard gets to pick their side for the final round. You guys want to confer for a moment? This might be a hot take, but prosecution. <laughs> I'm just letting it fade out here. So, so take me through all of that. Take me through the conversations uh how that how y'all led to deciding to pick prosecution what made you think it was a hot take I, I want all the details on what went into that moment yeah I, I i so i think um we had been talking about it a lot the day before um i think that um it it, it was really interesting because we had because it was one two one obviously there were two rounds on saturday and our round two and round three we both ran prosecution against Patrick Henry and then UCLA. And obviously both of those rounds went, turned out well. And so we kind of got back to the room and we were like, okay, it seems like our prosecution is like kind of doing pretty good. It's, it's, it's really consistent and, and it's really clean. And I think uh, the really big strength about that prosecution was that we thought it was very clear. 
Um, but we were like, okay, okay, well, I don't know. We'll see. Like, we'll, we'll wait till tomorrow morning. We'll see how our defense runs against Florida in the morning. Um, and we ran the, we ran our defense and I wouldn't say that we felt nervous coming out of the round, but I think there was a feeling of like, Hmm. Okay. Um, there, there were some moments where like, uh, we felt as though like we could have been a tad bit more like on it here or polished there. Not that like, I think really what was happening is that we were stressed because we knew that we were in contention for the final round. I don't think it was that our defense was like, like worse than our prosecution, but I think that people were really stressed that morning. Um, we still pulled it through and I think that it was still an amazing, excellent round, but I think going into the, um, going into the, the closing ceremony, we were like, okay, we know that we've had, we don't know how these three, these three ballots just went in the morning, but we do know that we won five out of six ballots the day before for going prosecution all, all of the rounds. And we know that our prosecution, it like can hit, can run well against most defenses and our defense sometimes doesn't hit well against certain prosecutions. So we're just going to go with the thing that we think is more consistent and more kind of, I think like not least common denominator, but like almost like is like, it was playing the most consistently, consistently super well. But so what do you think? I think we were really lucky to be in the position where we didn't necessarily have one side that was significantly better than the other. Um, Not to pat ourselves on the back too much, but I think we did a good job stacking our council tables and stacking our witness benches in a way that really complemented each other. Um, So there was a point where we thought about just flipping a coin and going with whatever the coin flip said. That's true. Um, But I think it really came down to and not to sound biased to someone on like P council table. <laughs> um, we like our prosecution. We felt that it was very consistent and yeah. consistently good. Um, and we thought, why not? Definitely. Might as well be a little controversial. <laughs> oh, oh, and yes, the hot take part of it. I guess the reason why um, you said it was a hot take was because I had had so many conversations with people over the weekend and they were just complaining about how terrible the prosecution case is. Like so many people, I have so many teams and we struggled honestly for a really long time with, trying how to finesse this prosecution case with such kind of a sprawling indictment and so many kind of disparate disparate parts of what you have to prove and also kind of an unclear kind of legal section and like things were always up for debate. There were so many objections. Um, and I just remember talking to a lot of people and like people were just really struggling with prosecution. And then I go to the tab room and I see there's actually like a pretty substantial prosecution bias when you look at the tab cards or excuse me defense bias excuse me defense bias when we're looking at the tab cards um and i remember talking about that with some of the people on our team we were looking at the tab cards like well this is really interesting like oh like there were barely any teams that picked up like uh prosecution teams that picked up like we were one of the few prosecution teams that picked up rounds two and rounds one and two um and so we knew that like not that perhaps prosecution might not be the, everyone's first choice because it, it was such a kind of a hard case to prove I think more so than usual but I think it just came down to like really the performance of the case itself and like how we felt like how consistent it was running I will say after we were walking to the final round after the closing ceremonies people came up to us and they were like should have gone defense I know <laughs> multiple people well you proved them all wrong I mean right. I think it is it's kind of even all the more impressive then, right? That you guys went P and you got it done with the harder side then. I, I think what's interesting to me about that decision, and I, I don't want to 
dwell on it too much because at the end of the day, you made the decision you made, you won with it. Uh, who cares? But I think what was interesting about it to me was, first of all, the fact that you guys had just gone on defense. And I think that, at least in my head, with this being a one to one style tournament, after that third round, whatever side that was, I feel like in your head, and like, you know, from the perspective of someone that ha- has competed at a tournament like that, um, like you, you kind of are like, all right, I'm done with that side. Like, at least for us, and again, we weren't in, con- I don't know, intention, obviously, but like, I was like, all right, I'm done with that side of the case. I don't need to worry about it anymore. Don't need to think about it. I'm not going to practice my opening. Like, it's gone. And, I was, I think I was surprised by it because I was like, wow, they're going back to that side that they didn't run this morning. They didn't get a chance to do. They didn't get a chance to kind of like do any extra polishing last night on. And I thought that was kind of intriguing for me. Um, I, I like, I wonder, was that at, at any level part of the analysis at all? Of like, okay, well, we just ran, pro- like maybe was it like, oh, we just ran defense. You know, let's get the fresh legs out. Let's put the the P side in. Or was it kind of a oh, maybe we should go defense? We just ran it. We're we're feeling good on it. We just won with it. Like, what was that at all part of the analysis for you guys? Well, most of us are double sided, so I think people were tired either way. Sure. Yeah. Um, and 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 I think that like the night of, we knew that there was a chance we were going to the final, and because we knew that there was also a chance that we might not be able to pick choose our side at all we actually ran both sides of the case there were different parts that we thought needed the most attention on both sides of the case um and because we knew that like there was even though we're running defense in the morning there was a chance that we might run another prosecution round um and so i think that in anticipation of that we actually tried to make try to not forget it so to speak and like really continue to like building on the comments and uh, that we had received earlier in that day and like um, the performances that we had put up earlier in that day, like, like we kept, we literally integrated some of the comments that we had gotten kind of, um, all around, uh, day two, rounds two and three into kind of a lot of the performance that was done in the final round, like, uh, tiny content changes, performance changes. Um, so I think that it was, it was partially because we tried our best to practice both sides of the case the night before, even though we were also running defense in the morning. There was a part of us that expected the other side or whoever the other side would be, to go D. Um, so we thought, you know, might as well run a couple of reps of prosecution exactly. at night as well, like finish editing a direct or two, like clean up across, might as well. Yeah. Well, guys, I got to say, if I've ever heard a champion mentality, it is that one uh, going into that, you know, second day still, or going into that third day, sorry, still prepping it. That is, it's very impressive. Um, okay, kind of funny question, but as someone that was not there for it, and had to experience this all in the much warmer climate, but uh, all virtually on the live stream. The audio was, like, not the best. And I'm kind of just curious, like, do you guys feel like it was, like, better in the room? Or do you feel like, like, I always just feel like having yourself mic'd up has got to feel so weird. Like, what was that like as just a new experience in that final round? I mean, the thing is, is that in the room, none of the microphones are actually being used for amplification, so to speak. Like, so we weren't really like it, the uh, all of the sound in the room was just like as though everyone was speaking normally in the room. So sure. we actually had no idea that like the audio was messed up until we actually went go went to go back to go look at it after the fact. Um, 
And it, it was interesting because I think that like there might have been some confusion with like turning because you had to like turn the mic pack on and off yourself instead of like having one that multiple people had. Um, and I think the witness mic might have not been turned on for like a witness or so. So like it, it was it was honestly like slightly technical difficulties that like unfortunately we didn't even know were happening at the time because we were all like kind of listening like based on the audio that was in the room, I guess. Yeah, and I think we have to take partial responsibility for that too. <laughs> um. Well, all right. I mean, the next thing I'm kind of curious about, and again, we're getting, we're kind of moving through this chronologically, but I want to talk about right, like before results are announced, you know, you've just finished the round. Is there anything that's like sticking with you? And even now, are there any moments that you had that you're like, oh, that felt so good or the, oh my God, I can't believe this just happened. Are there any moments that either of you had during that round that are just that have still stuck with you even to this day? Um, one moment that I always love is in Jessica's defendant cross. I think that like we specifically gave Jessica the defendant cross because she's so good at being responsive and really listening to what the witness says. And I think they're qu- they're quarreling back and forth with um, Juliana Mothersbar, who's is amazing, um, so so good um, about a quote that she that the defendant had said. I think it was the one about like butters or there's there's so much it was there's so much for us to take. Why can't we just take it for ourselves? You're so right. And Jessica and the and the defendant were going back and forth, and she's like, "No, that's not what I said." And she says it again, "No, that's not what I said." And then Jessica, instead of, like, trying to, like, bring out the document or try to, like, say what she thinks the quote is again, and, and she goes, so what'd you say? And in that open-ended question, like, I in, in that moment, like, there was this gaping pause while I guess, like, we were thinking – she was thinking about, like, what the – what the answer was and obviously she had a really good answer but I think it was such a great responsive moment where like they were really edging back and forth and then in, in when she, Jessica couldn't get the answer she wants she was like okay I'm just gonna work with what you said and then she kind of gets an answer that's good enough for her and then asks another question that like really hammers her point home um and I remember just watching that moment and being like oh like Uh, This is what it's like, (laughs) like seeing your children like do amazing. (laughs) Um, I just like had such the most amazing sense of euphoria um, sitting back. And also Audrey's closing was so impeccable. So, so good. So, so, so so fun to watch. Um, And also Ethan's closing. Um, Ethan's closing was so good. So many iconic lines, a lying liar who lies, Um, (laughs) such an amazing line. And I think that, um, their Chicago was just so, so entertaining. They were so fun to watch. Um, and also Max Fritch as his <laughs> character witness was like the most amazing, hilarious thing I've ever seen. Um, I just remember there was one moment where he was like, how am I supposed to chase him out? Pooh glitter. And I was like, that is so crazy. <laughs> that is so crazy. Um, so just a really, there were so many moments in that round that just stick out to me as being so fun and amazing. Yeah, I think the one thing I'm really proud of is I think HMTA as a program does good crosses um, <laughs> and you might disagree, um, but I think all the crosses were fun. I had fun doing mine. I think Audrey and Jessica had fun doing theirs. Um, our witnesses always have fun on cross too, but I think just overall the entire like round was surreal. Yeah. Um, and it was really weird for us to think like, okay, we've seen so many tapes of national final rounds and now we're in a national final round right. and like 
people will be watching it. That's surreal. You could like kind of see yourself in the jumbotron through the shades out the window. You know, Stella, there's something you just said that like really stuck out to me and it's like that you guys had fun. And I mean, I know that when I've coached people, I always try to impart this on them, but I think that's such a good sentiment. I mean, you guys are in a final round, but at the end of the day, it's about having fun. And your best mock trial happens when you're having fun. And I just, I think it's it's cool to me that even in a moment that I'm sure is as stressed out as you guys have ever been, you came out there, you performed, you seemed so controlled, so calm, and you seemed like you were having fun. And I think that that comes through and it comes across and it's why you guys did so well. But I just, I wanted to highlight that because I think it just, it so perfectly encapsulates for me what I think when people talk about X person or X team does good mock, to me it is they're having fun with it. And you can tell they're having fun with it. And that that fun is infectious. It makes everyone else have a better time too. So I just wanted to, to highlight that because I, I think it just, it sums it up so well for me. I mean, it's it's also really interesting that you say that because like our Zach Fields like comes back a lot. He's obviously the amazing 2015 like closer. He, in his comments are just also incomparable when he comes like to our scrimmages and practices and every 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 time he comes the his biggest comment is always it's always the first thing he puts on his comment sheet the team that's having the most fun is the team that wins the round and i and i think that that was really drilled into us as much as you can drill in having fun um, <laughs> have fun <laughs> but have fun damn it like, come on guys <laughs> <laughs> right i i think it was just a really like a, a motto that we've had on the team like for a really long time um it's just really just trying to go in and have fun and just like doing this activity that is so particular that, that we love so much and not to speak to travis like i think the national final round was probably the least stressed i've ever been <laughs> for any round of mock trial because we talked about orcs earlier like fourth round orcs had a lot of implications yeah but at this point like we're all just so lucky and so grateful to be in the room. Like we don't really have anything else to prove. So might as well like ask a couple of quirky questions. <laughs> it is so funny that you say that because I remember saying that almost verbatim to my team a year ago, right? We're, we're, of course we're on zoom. We're not in all the room together, but we're getting ready to go into the final. And it's like, guys, you know, you're here. Right. Like everything else. I mean, like, OK, obviously you want to win, but just getting to that final round is something that so few people have the opportunity to do that I, I get. And let me be clear. That's not to say that I was stress free, free during the round last year. I'm not going <laughs> to try to pretend that at all. We but, were also not stress free. <laughs> right. But but that 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 joyfulness that comes with that opportunity um it, it's a really special thing. And, and I think that, that Drew identifies that really clearly. And it's really just a, a really cool thing to, to hear about that experience and, and, and what you all have been through. So what I want to do now is I'm going to play another audio clip. I think you guys know what audio clip I'm going to play. <laughs> I think you know what question I'm going to ask after I play that audio. So while you're listening to this, which I'm sure you've listened to a few times, but I'm going to make you listen to it again. Uh, think about your answer because after I play the audio, I'm going to ask you the question about winning the national championship. So before I ask that question, let's hear Harvard winning the national championship. So we had five scoring ballots. 
First two scoring ballots went to the prosecution, plus nine, plus five. The next two went to the defense, plus four, plus one. And the deciding ballot of plus four makes the 37th Hampton National Champion, Harvard University. <laughs> Tell me what it was like to to win a national championship. Oh gosh, I, 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 it's just like so indescribable. I think like the feeling of just like having gone through a three hour trial and having fun in that trial, and then all of a sudden you realize like, wait, there's actually someone that wins that trial. This isn't just something we're doing for fun, um, and. I had the most intense sense of like anxiety, but also happiness at the same time. Because again, like we were just sitting on the fact that like, regardless of what happened, we were in the final round. And I remember um, Diane, she like, obviously she says the two bouts for us first and the ones for Chicago. And then. Which I didn't realize was going to happen. Oh. So I thought we lost when she said three bouts. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so tell about we lost. I <laughs> I was still on the edge of my seat. Um, and she glances over at us like so briefly, like for like a quarter of a second, right when she's like, and the champion is. And it, I remember thinking in my head, like, oh my God, she just looked at us like, does that mean? And then before <laughs> I could even say the answer to what I was going to say, she says our name. And I think you can hear in the video, like literal screeches like <laughs> like at, like literal like wails it was so crazy um especially because a, a lot of our parents were there and yeah. our parents like they they're such amazing amazing parents like they show up to so many things and like they were also so excited too and um we also had brought some other younger members from our program that were just there to watch and help out over the weekend and like it was just we were all so happy and like so excited and like I think that also we also like went straight to Chicago and like also had we literally took pictures together like after the round and hung out with them. So it was just such such an amazing moment. We love you, Chicago, with our entire hearts. Um, yeah, just echoing what Travis said. Happy, so so happy. Um, not to get like too much into anecdote time, but I remember that my first year and Travis's first year, we were at like Cubate or something, like getting coffee for the team. And be like, okay, when we're juniors, we're going to captain and we're going to win nationals. <laughs> and, like, I was talking to Travis during that, and I was like, yeah, I, I was kind of lying. I didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> and Travis was like, yeah, like, me neither. Um, so it's just so such an incredible feeling when it finally happens and when all your hard work pays off. I, I want to ask about another thing related to that. You know, I think most people who listen to this podcast know this, but – one of the things that happens when you win nationals is you take custody of the Richard Calkins award for a year. Um, and I can tell you having had custody of it for the last year, that it is one of the coolest trophies like in the entire world. Like maybe the Stanley cup is cooler and that's it, <laughs> but it is such an awesome thing. So, you know, you win the championship, 
and you celebrate and then you get the opportunity to go over and and pick up that trophy knowing that you get to add your name uh and your year you know to the winners list on that trophy so so what feeling uh what what did that feel like getting to have the first opportunity to take that trophy and and make it yours really amazing i think one of the first things that we did was like try to find the 2015 national like plaque and just to see all that history um, it's also a big trophy, which mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Um, we had some alums reach out. I know that Zach DM'd us on Instagram after he like followed Harvard Mock. And he was like, yeah, have fun carrying that like back to Boston. <laughs> um, so that was my first reaction. But um, yes, I, I remember we took all of our photos. We were so excited. And then in my head, I was like, ugh. I'm going to have to figure out how to get this back to campus. <laughs> yeah. Like that is going um, to be a big FedEx it's order. It's <laughs> going to be so, so terrible. Um, and we literally had a few parents that were helping, they're pre- helping us problem solve. Like we were struggling getting it into the box. We like looked so helpless. <laughs> um, we had to get help. Um, but I remember um, like we, we were, taking pictures like in in the trophy like in the plaque and like in that moment I was like this is such like this is such a once in a lifetime like amazing fun experience like what amazing thing to like have a trophy that you have to like even though it was egregiously expensive to ship back like (laughs) what a pleasure to like even have the opportunity to be able to do that um yeah, sorry, got to say the tiniest violin in the world is playing for you guys. I know. <laughs> I know. All the problems to complain about. How awful yeah. for you. And Ben, you too. It must have been so awful to have such a big thing taking up space in your office for a whole year. <laughs> I mean, goodness me. I'm sure you never showed it to anyone. I'm sure you guys, you know, just leave it there next time, really, guys. I mean, who needs it? <laughs> the, the way it was explained to me when it was shipped was it is approximately, with, with its case, the size of a medium-sized coffin. Um, which is a morbid but accurate uh, way of putting it. I'm not going to not say people didn't take photos inside of the case. Yes. <laughs> As you should. Like at, at some point, you just got to embrace the absurdity of the whole thing. True. So let me kind of wrap us up with, with one last question. This has been, first of all, just such a fantastic uh, opportunity to have the two of you on. I, I love just hearing the joy in your voices talking about this experience. Um, you know, it's been about a week and a half. We're recording this about a week and a half since Nationals. And I can tell you from personal experience, it's going to take nine months, right? You're going to wake up one day next January and be like, you know, I'll, I'll do the PG version on the podcast. Oh my God, that actually happened. <laughs> um, but you've at least had a little bit of time, right? You've gotten home. You've had a chance to celebrate. Hopefully you've been doing some fun things. Uh, but how have the last like week and a half been in terms of going from that initial jubilation to the post-nationals exhaustion and then just starting to process uh, everything that happened and and winning the national championship. Um, I so I literally didn't sleep. Um, basically Sunday night in through Sunday morning all the way until Monday Monday night because I was just riding the high of kind of the day so 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 intensely. Um, and then obviously I crashed. Um, we also day. had a three a.m. Amtrak. We also had a three a.m. Amtrak, oh which definitely was the cause of us staying up. Um, <laughs> but um, it was just like I, I I found it hard to do anything else but like just like think about like 
like think back to like the very moment, like rewatching the video, rewatching the final round. Like I literally like was not doing work, like not going to <laughs> class. Like I could not care less. Like I was just so, so, so happy. And then that same week, we also like had a party with Tufts um, actually that same weekend. And we were able to see them, hang out with them and have a really good time um, and just like celebrate together um, on like both our national finishes. And it's just like, has been such like, such a surreal fun week and even crazier like people on campus will like see me slash people on the team and be like yeah. hey national champion which is so mm-hmm. funny it's just like because like a lot of people were like putting out on social media and like stuff at um um at our school and like it was just it's super fun that like I like people just know about it and like I like are congratulating us and like proud of us it's just been such a great time it's weird that people outside of mock trial know what mock trial yes, is very <laughs> weird yeah, I'll just echo everything Travis said. Um, little surreal, very sleep deprived at first, but just like really, really thankful um, for everything. And also that like we had that particular team to take to nationals. I think I have a lot of love in my heart for everybody like on A and everybody on our program. Um, so I couldn't have imagined a better team of people to do it with. Well, I think that's a perfect sentiment to to wrap us up. Uh, most importantly, congratulations to both of you, to your entire team. Um, Drew and I, and I know the entire community, just mm-hmm. has so much respect for everything that you all do. Thank you both so much for taking the time to chat with us. It was really a wonderful opportunity to just hear this whole story, you know, from start to finish. Congratulations again on such an amazing season, and thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks so much. Thank you both. Good to have you. Yeah, it was great to have you both on the show. Uh, to everyone else, we're working on a couple other episodes that we're hoping will be out before too long. we got to give Drew time to finish up his finals for 1L year before we knock out some of those episodes. But we'll have a lot of the same summer content that we've done for the last couple years. Congratulations to Harvard again on winning the national championship. Thanks, as always, for listening. And until we're in your feed next time, this has been The Mock Review with Ben and Drew.